Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. same is true for us, if you think of it. As we read this letter this morning, this section, think of yourselves as being an employee of an employer, because in a sense, you are a servant. You're a servant of someone else. And this word servant actually means something a little bit different. It literally means a fellow resident or a menial domestic servant. That's really what the word is. It could be a slave. But I think it wouldn't be too far of a stretch for us to look at this as an employee-employer relationship because that's really where we live, isn't it? Thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. Pastor Rob continues in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 18. Here we see Peter exhorting the new Christian Jews on being submissive to not only the rules of the government, but to their masters that God has placed over them. We have superiors at work, at school, and at church, to mention some of them, that God has placed over us even today as well. In this, we see that he is a God of order, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And now let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. Chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses 18 through 25. And let me just read it to you, and then we're going to get right into it. It says, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable. If because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongfully, for what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us, notice, an example, that you should follow his steps." who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile again in return, and when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And here Peter again just speaking to this this group of this first century Christian church that has just been birthed on the day of Pentecost. But now because of persecution, as you remember, they're scattered all around. They're scattered. They're on the run. And so Peter is encouraging them. And certainly last week, if you recall, we talked about submission to government. You know, government is uh we are the government's greatest friend. 
They don't know that. They don't think they really believe that. But we are their greatest asset because it's only the Holy Spirit in the church that really restrains or restrains sin from continuing on. And your voice, your conduct, your, your moral ethics, those things are on display and it brings conviction. It brings a slowing of sin. Without it, this world would be submersed in a cesspool like we've never seen before. And that's why when the rapture of the church occurs, when the church is lifted, the Holy Spirit in the church is going to be gone. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's going to be gone because he's omnipresent. But the witness of the church is going to be gone. And this world will will undergo uh, an unprecedented amount of filth. It'll come in like a freight train. And we know what's going to happen. We've read the end of the book. The only book. God's Word. And so... We need to be submissive to governments. We need to pay our taxes. We need to do the right things. And in doing this, we we give glory to Jesus because the powers that he has placed over us are there by his design. He has ordained them to be. He has given them power on loan. It is on loan to them. It's not for them to use on their own lust and on their own uh, agendas. And they will answer one day for the power they've been given. But now we get into the second half of 1 Peter chapter 2. And remember, this was a letter. This, you know, we look at our Bibles and we have chapter divisions in them. But this was originally a letter, originally designed to be read straight through. And I think it's good that whenever you come into one of these letters, try and read the whole thing straight through. You get a, a better context of it. But because there's so much in here, we take our time going through it, and we strain out everything we can from it because there's so much gold in these words, so many things we can learn. And so this morning, as we look at verse 18, he says, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the harsh. And you know, many of the first century church, they may have found themselves in positions where they were servants or perhaps even slaves of others. And, you know, it's easy to behave and to be fond of a master or a servant when they're kind to you, when they treat you well. But we have all known, whether you're a slave or a, or a servant or whether you're a, a worker working for an employer, the same is true for us, if you think of it. As we read this letter this morning, this section, think of yourselves as being an employee of an employer because, in a sense, you are a servant. You're a servant of someone else. And this word servant actually means something a little bit different. It literally means a fellow resident or a menial domestic servant. That's really what the word is. It could be a slave, but I think it wouldn't be too far of a stretch for us to look at this as an employee-employer relationship because that's really where we live, isn't it? That's where we're at today. We don't, many of us aren't uh, literally enslaved or, or serving in a sense of like this. But we are serving someone, right? We're serving Christ, hopefully, but we're serving our masters, our employers. And our attitude ought to be exemplary to the good and to the harsh. Again, easy to be good and not complain when things are going well. But boy, our, our, our witness is tempered, isn't it, when we are... When we have a boss, an employer who's very difficult with us, who's very sour, who's very browbeating, who's very micromanaging and just nitpicking at every little thing you do. Have you ever had a manager like that or a boss? 
I think we all have. Are you that kind of boss? Hopefully not. But he says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the harsh. Again, this word submissive is the same word that we saw earlier in the chapter here. In verse 13, if you remember, it says, therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man, speaking of our responsibility to governments, the same idea, submit yourselves. The word here literally means to arrange or subordinate yourself, to subject yourself under one's control. And we said this last week, but it's, it's, a, it's a Greek military term meaning to arrange in troop divisions with a, uh, in a military fashion under a commander or, or a leader. A voluntary attitude of giving in and cooperating, assuming responsibility and carrying a burden. That's what it means. Be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh And this word, if you remember, was given to us in four different contexts in this letter. We looked at one last week in in, uh, 2 Peter chapter 13. And then this morning, we're looking at this one here, the same word. Servants, be submissive, same exact word. And then weeks in a week or so from now, we'll be getting into uh, chapter 3 of this letter where he says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, the same exact word. And finally, in the very last chapter of this, he would say to us, Peter, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Be submissive to one another. Same word. Four different contexts, also very important for us in our lives. You know, sometimes the real test of our faith is when we have to be submissive to those in authority over us who are not kind, but rather just the opposite. And um, like we said before, most anyone can be submissive to to the kind, but it's very difficult to submit to someone who's treating you poorly. And, you know, when we think about this idea of servant and master relationship, you know, it reminds us of, of slavery. And certainly in our country, we have a dark stain on that from its infant beginnings, from the very beginning. It's one of the things that was so instrumental in the Civil War, this idea of slavery was, was, was huge. And so when we think of it, it seems like a negative thing, and it can be negative, but it doesn't always have to be. And in the Jewish economy, and even back at this time, you know, Jews were servants to other Jews, and they were treated well, hopefully. You know, but again, we, we hear the word slave, and it conjures up all of this stuff, and, and, and with good reason. Because our country had a period of time where horrible things were done, mean people. And that's not to be excused. It should never be excused. You should never treat a human being that way, regardless. No excuse for that behavior. But we, as Christians, and as Paul, or Peter, excuse me, is speaking to these people, he's encouraging them to be bondservants, to be, remember in the Greek, it literally means doulos, which is a bondservant, a bondservant. In Ephesians chapter 6, says bondservants, he says, Paul speaking to Ephesians, he says, bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and with trembling. In sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, as a doulos, that's what we are to be. And that's what Peter is encouraging these people to be. Be submissive to your masters. Be a bond servant. Be submissive to them. 
with goodwill doing service as to the Lord. There is the important part, as to the Lord. See, sometimes the hardest thing for us is when we are confronted with a difficult situation, we immediately respond because it's right in our face, but we have to look beyond that and see who it is that we're really serving. We're serving this individual, and regardless of this individual's demeanor and uh, kindness or lack thereof toward us, we have to look beyond it and say, you know what, if I'm going to win this guy, this woman, this person to Christ, the best way is for me to submit the best I can. It doesn't mean that you have to like it. It doesn't mean that it's even right. But Jesus is our example, and we're going to look at that in a little bit later. He was our example not complaining and going to the cross. And like a lamb before his shears was dumb, so was he also. He never stood up for himself and said, this is not right, I have done no wrong. No, he willingly went to the cross and was silent. And we heard about this word, doulos. Devoted to another, to the disregard of your own interests. And you see so many of the New Testament letters and and men who wrote their letters. Certainly Paul was one of them. James, the half-brother of Jesus. Peter, as we see here. And then finally, Jesus' other half-brother, Jude, the book right before the letter, right before the book of Revelation. They all started their letters the same. I'm a bondservant of Christ. In Exodus 21, it says, Now these are the judgments which you shall set before them. If you buy a Hebrew servant... He shall serve six years, and in the seventh year he shall go out free and pay nothing. And if he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he comes in married, then he shall, his wife will go out with him. And if his master has given him a wife, and she has borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and, and he will go out by himself. But if that servant plainly says, and here's the thing, I love my master and my wife and my children. I will not go out free. Then this master shall bring him to the judges, and he shall bring him to the doorpost. And his master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. And that's really what a bondservant is. And we know that Jesus was the example. He was the prototype of servanthood and suffering. In Philippians Chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you. What a challenge, huh? (laughs) Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But notice, he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, a slave, a doulos. Willingly, he willingly did these things. He was not forced to. That's why he is exalted forevermore, because of his willingness to go to the cross for you and me. Worship him, glorify him, exalt him in all that you do. And coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the most wicked death known to man at that time, the death of a cross. The most shameful form of death known to man is hanging on a cross. You know, someday, maybe around, well, maybe not, you, you've heard of the, 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 the difficulty of that. And there's, we don't have to go into great detail. It was a horrible, shameful way to go. But we have been called to serve. We've been called to serve Jesus. And don't think it's strange when you find yourself in difficulties like this. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus called 
his disciples to himself, and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whosoever desires to be uh, great among you, let him be your servant, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Wow. It's totally opposite from our world, isn't it? It's totally opposite from the ways of the world. The ways of the world is the one who has the most money has the most power. He calls the shots. He or she calls the shots. Everyone serves them. But God's ways are completely upside down. He said, Let him who is to be come great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as, notice the example, the prototype, Jesus, he did not come to be served, but to serve, and he gave his life a ransom for many. And you know, there is a great peace and joy when we serve Jesus together, and we aren't concerned about who is doing what or why. Why are they getting to do that? Why do I got to do this task? Why are they getting to do that task? Oh, (laughs) do you ever find yourself bickering? Well, I really wanted a vacuum. Why am I doing bathrooms? I want to do the glass out front. It wasn't that way yesterday. Yesterday there were so many people here at the end cleaning up. It was just wonderful to see how things go. But let's remember who we are doing it for and be content and, and be encouraged in that. Let's look at verse 19 here. He says, For this is commendable, with all fear, serving and being submissive, to our masters, to the good and the gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. You know, when we do things wrong, we deserve what we get, don't we? Even as a Christian, if we do something wrong and we're not doing what we're supposed to be and we receive some consequence and it's negative... Sometimes we'll throw up a thing and say, well, I'm just being persecuted. No, you're just being an idiot. (laughs) Can I say that? Is it okay? I say that? I'll say it for myself. I almost caught that word, but I decided to let it go anyway. So if it offended you, I apologize. But I can be that way. I I can be that way. I can wrongly understand what I'm going through and immediately think, oh, I'm just being persecuted. No, I'm just doing the wrong thing. I'm just not being a good example. But there is no praise or glory in that. And we will not receive any praise or thanks from, or special favor from the world because we are Christians. Jesus didn't get any special treatment from anyone, and neither will we. We ought rather to be surprised when we, do any, when we receive any kindness or grace from the world. Isn't that true? Because the world hates us just as it hates our Savior, the Savior of the world. So don't think it's strange when you are going through difficult things and you struggle for righteousness. You struggle and are going through difficult things because you've done good. In John chapter 15, didn't John say this to us? Or or Jesus said this, actually, in John's Gospel. He said, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said unto you, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also 
persecute you. So it ought not to surprise us when we go through difficulties, when we do good and we suffer for it. We're in good company. Nobody likes to suffer. Does anybody here like to suffer? Nobody would raise their hands, and neither would I. And we don't have to enjoy suffering. It's not like we're some kind of sick, you know, sick group of people. Nobody wants... Jesus, you know, he despised the shame and the suffering that he went through. But why was he suffering? For the sins of, of the world, for every human being. He saw the glory that was set before him and considered this nothing. He did it willingly, right? But suffering is something that we never want to do. In 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 12, Peter says this, and we're going to get to this chapter here in a few weeks. He said, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. He's talking to the same group of people. But rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. There is something that we have to uh, understand more. And it's hard. There's no doubt it's hard. Have you ever suffered for righteousness and, and, and found yourself, rather than initially you were bummed out, but then later you had this peaceful feeling that you were doing the right thing? Because that witness of the Spirit of God in you, when you've done the right thing and you suffer for it, you know in your heart there's a smile on your heart. Have you experienced that? Any persecution, it could be really light persecution. It doesn't matter what it is. But have you had the smile on your heart when you've been wrongfully treated because you are a Christian? I have. And yes, it hurts. And sometimes it comes from people and individuals that you would never have thought it would come through. And yet your heart is rejoicing inside because something inside you says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been doing the right thing. This is why. And by the way, you're in good company. You're in good company. Don't be discouraged. And that's why Peter would say to these, he says, If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer. Here's the opposite side of the coin. Don't do anything bad. Hmm. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For what credit, verse 20, is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. You know, we're just going to look at a couple of individuals because of time uh, that suffered wrongfully. And the first one we're going to look at is Joseph. If you remember, and we're not going to go here, but you can just write these two chapters down. But in Joseph, uh, in Genesis, I'm sorry, chapter 37, we know that God gave to Joseph some wonderful uh, words of knowledge and, and, and showed him dreams of, of what was going to happen in the future. He told them to his brothers they hated him for it. And on top of that, he was daddy's favorite, and so that didn't help matters either. So finally, when he goes out to his brothers in the field, they, they hatch a plan. Let's get rid of this dreamer. Are we going to submit to you? Huh, far be it from us. You're the 11th son of Jacob. You're going down. <laughs> You're not the firstborn. You're the 11th, and we're going to throw you into a pit. And they did, and you remember Reuben, the firstborn of Leah, 
had a different heart about him. And he says, you know what, let's... I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.